Hello, ladies and gentlemen, family and friends from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris Jr. And today I'm coming to you guys live from California. Yes, I made the trip to California. I've got some business here. I've got a cousin here that we are praying wakes up and she uh, actually, as of last night, we've heard amazing news that she opened her eyes and she's been wiggling her fingers. She's still got a long way to go, but thank you so much. Uh, for my my cousin, for your prayers for my cousin, uh, Ravine, please, please continue to say prayers for her. We really do hope that she comes completely out of it with no brain injury. So a little bit different of a setup today, but uh, I've got an amazing producer, Jesse Maitland, that went a long way to help make sure that I could bring you guys another episode, actually all this week, bring you episodes here from California. So I've got some things to get into today. Uh, I shared an absolutely just raw video on my Instagram. I have not posted it on Facebook yet. So, so thank you so much for all of you that do follow me over there on Instagram. Uh, I'm going to get into it today on this show. Thank you for watching on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube. I should be streaming live on all of those platforms right now. Please hit the share button on Facebook. Again, they're being nice to me. It goes a long way for you to hit the share button right now. You never know who, maybe somebody else's family, maybe one of your family will watch something, see something, or hear something today that wakes them up like my good friend Brandon Strock from yesterday. Are you kidding me? What an amazing show. It was so awesome to have Brandon on yesterday for uh, uh, the announcement of his two years since he woke up and walked away. I mean, if you haven't seen that video yesterday or listened to the podcast yet, maybe you have friends that just like to listen to podcasts, send them my podcast from yesterday with Brandon Strock's interview. He is He was a flaming liberal that hated the president and everybody that supported the president, and he shares why he felt that way. He shares why he felt like all of us were racist bigots that hated humanity, that we didn't have a sensible bone in our body, and now he is one of the strongest proponents for Donald Trump and his administration and trying to wake Americans up to the truth. Uh, we've been lied to over and over and over again by the mainstream media. So thank you again so much for tuning in. Please hit the share button right now. I'm going to get into the uh, murder of, I call it a murder, of George Floyd, the individual that was apprehended by cops. I've got a video to show you, and then I'll share my thoughts on that. But first, let's jump into some other news, because there are some other things that I've got to expose that are taking place inside our country right now. There's some pandemic new lows that I've seen and witnessed that I'm going to show you videos on. And there's new reasons to thank President Donald J. Trump. He's doing an absolutely amazing job. It's the governors around all these states, mostly Democrat states, that we absolutely must have our eyes open to what their, their overall agenda is. It's not America first. It is uh, tyranny. And I believe it's an absolute desire to bring total collapse and destruction to not just our economy, but the people behind our economy. That's hardworking, everyday Americans like you and I. That's business owners, small business owners. Uh, and churches. They'd love to see, I believe, the ultimate demise of all of those and then blame it on the president. Well, uh, they, they say that they want national vote in uh, vote by mail registrations. And we've got another story to cover. I've been trying to cover as many as possible to let people know that uh, voter fraud is real. And especially when it comes to mail-in ballots, this uh, story comes from a non-citizen. People all the time, they say, well, Non-citizens, okay, let's let's call them what they really are. They're here illegally. They're illegally in our country, uh, and uh, the, the Democrats just continue to want to cater to them. Well, this story comes from a non-citizen steps forward to tell how Oregon automatically 
registered her to vote via Motor Vail, Voter Motor Vail, uh, Voter Bill and vote by mail. They automatically register to vote. A non-citizen has stepped forward and exposed how the state of Oregon is making it incre incredibly easy for people like her to vote. She has now received mail-in ballots for five separate elections. But remember, the Democrats say, oh, voter fraud doesn't, uh, uh, doesn't exist and mail-in voting is the way we should go. She was, a she was registered through Oregon's motor voter law without her requesting uh, that she be registered. She had a terrible time getting them to remove her name from the role of voters in the state. How many ineligible voters will get will get to cast ballots in 2020 is my question. I think there will be potentially millions all across this country. Personally, I have no doubt this was intentional as it is in so many other blue states. That is why I refuse to clean up. Uh, that's why they refuse to clean up the voting rules in their states, even though they are required to by law. It was revealed thanks to a non-citizen who wishes to remain anonymous. Talk about courage of this individual. Uh, but still made sure she didn't. She did the right thing and notified the state that she is unable to vote due to her status. How many individuals uh, around the country are here illegally? Are getting are also getting vote by mail registrations and then having the ability to sway potentially sway some of the seats that were not won by very. Uh, so there's lots of seats around the country that were not won by a large margin. You add into it voter fraud with individuals that should be allowed to vote, and we could absolutely see uh, something take place that we shouldn't have to see if we just had a national voter uh, voter ID law. What's wrong with a voter ID law? You need an identification to do pretty much every and anything else that you need to do in this country. You can't buy a, 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 a airplane ticket. You can't drive a car. You can't rent a car. You can't dang near go to the movies and purchase a movie ticket in some places without an ID. They want to see your ID, especially if you're using a credit card. So when it comes to casting a vote for who should be the ones representing our regions, our states around this country, I think it just makes sense, friends. I think it absolutely makes sense and it's something that we should all be pushing for. Well, we've got some more information now about uh, Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah, and this is actually something that was put out by Netflix of all, uh, of all networks or all... Uh, media places, if you could call them that. Netflix is actually revealing that Bill Clinton spent some serious time on Jeffrey Epstein's, they call it Orgy Island because uh, they should call it Sex Trafficking Island. I don't think anything there was consensual by any means, but Netflix, Netflix documentary actually is putting Bill Clinton, the man that almost got back in the White House if his wife Hillary had won, they're putting him on blast. Bill Clinton spent time on Epstein's Island, according to a documentary on Netflix. Netflix has come out with a documentary that includes a former worker on Orgy Island that claims that he was that he personally saw Clinton on the island, despite the fact that Clinton has denied it several times. This is that's the big story. Clinton said no, he was never never spent any time there. Well, now we know that's absolutely false. The employee Steve Scully, now 70 years old, who maintained the phones and the internet on island, said several other important and famous people visited there, uh, although never when Bill Clinton was there. He probably wanted his uh, somewhat anonymity, wanted to make sure he could do what he was doing behind the scenes. Clinton, 73, has in the past admitted to being on the plane, Jeffrey Epstein's plane, Lolita Express, but has steadfastly claimed that he has never been on the island. He wrote on the Lolita Express about 23 times at last count, but he says he never took any flight going to the island. Well, now 
We have uh, reporting that that's absolutely false. He was There's a witness that says they saw him there. Of course, we all believe Bill because we all know he never lies. Oh, wait. He was convicted of perjury. That is uh, that is lying. So maybe he was under, maybe he was there and just forgot like Hillary always forgets. And uh, even when she's under oath, here's the point. This man almost got back into the White House with his wife almost becoming the president of the United States. Then she's a part of what I believe was an active and ongoing coup to try to unseat this president. She still has 30 plus thousand emails that she's never answered for, that she never had to show exactly why she used bleach bit, why she smashed her blackberries, why they, uh, why they destroyed computers and, and PCs. She still needs to answer for all that. And her husband almost got back in the White House, as did she. I think, uh, and I hope that more continues to come to light about how truly disgusting, I'm just going to say it like it is, truly disgusting the Clintons are. Well, we've got this. This is a new low, I believe, in our country. Let's get over to the pandemic. So many Americans are just truly reeling with exactly what do we do, what don't we do. We've seen Dr. Fauci say wear a mask. We've seen him say you don't have to wear a mask. And we see him fidgeting with his mask. Well, when it comes to us, the American people, we should all hopefully be on the side of freedom, on the side of constitutional rights. And if a person doesn't want to wear a mask, they shouldn't be forced to, let alone be berated in public and screamed at by other Americans for not wearing a mask. Yet that's exactly what took place in Staten Island. Are you kidding me? These are Americans? They're screaming at a woman to get out of a store because she doesn't have a mask on? Is that really where we fall into as a country? I hope that's a small representation of individuals that really just have drank the Kool-Aid. They've listened to all the mainstream media. You know, my wife, she stopped listening to the news because she was getting sucked into it. She said she was getting sucked into this pure pandemonium that's being created by the mainstream media. And I got to tell you, Fox is complicit. They're not out of the dark on that either. They have 24 hours for months now been talking about the pandemic. Of course, we've got some individuals that try to at least share and show the other side that was this, is it really as bad as we've been told that it is? But the, the story is this. The point is this. So many millions of Americans are doing nothing but listening to this nonstop fear-mongering that is driving Americans, hopefully good-hearted Americans, to treat individuals like with hate, with uh, contempt. And I read an article, I read an article that absolutely was mind eye-opening and mind-boggling and it shared how good-hearted people began to treat other citizens, other human beings with so much disrespect and disdain that they would tattle on them, they would rat on them, they would they would tell the authorities exactly where they were and what they were doing and what was going on, even when they knew that those individuals were going to be treated very harshly. Obviously, I'm talking about Nazi Germany and Auschwitz and what took place with, when citizens told on their fellow citizens or told on other members of the human race, they did it out of fear. Isn't that what's currently taking place right now? People out of fear for their own safety, for their own health? 
They're willing to tell on businesses that are open their doors. They're willing to berate and scream at uh, individuals to get out of stores, calling them selfish for not wearing a mask. Friends, I think we've been played. I think we've been played like a fiddle, those of us that are not awake. And I think that the reaction that we're seeing from so many Americans around the country right now, that's based on fear, we've got, we've got the mainstream media to, to point our direction and to point our, our disgust at because they are complicit. They're absolutely complicit. Survival rate, I've done a podcast with Dr. Dr. Dan Erickson, shares that 98% at, at, at worst 98%, not best, at worst 98%, at best 99.4% of people that get the coronavirus will be fine. Yet we've got businesses shut down, the economy shut down, small businesses trying to figure out if they'll ever be able to open their doors again. We've gotten the mayor of Chicago that's calling the police on churches that decide to open their doors. Meanwhile, we are, as Americans, I believe we're truly fighting for our constitutional rights. I'm thankful that President Donald J. Trump has made his voice very, very clear, especially when it comes to churches. I'm still waiting to see and hear the numbers of how many, hopefully, thousands, tens of thousands of churches opened their doors this last uh, Sunday and defying any state orders to stay shut down, locked down, and to, and to not hold their services. We need our churches for the people. Do you know how many people right now are reeling with anxiety, with worry, with doubt, with depression, not working, not, not knowing what's going to happen, and then they can't even go to church, hear a good message, listen to good worship music, feel God's presence. Maybe that's the only time of the week where they feel God's presence. Hopefully they are feeling it there. And yet we got these tyrants that are saying you can't go to church. I'm still waiting. And I, and I hope that it's tens of thousands across this country of churches that open up. But it's very interesting to me how the mainstream media spins it. The president made it very clear. He sides with the churches and with their ability to practice social distancing, to, to operate in a safe manner, like big box stores are doing it, kind of. You know how many stores I've been to where people aren't social distancing. You know, when it comes to a small business or a church, leave it to those running it to make sure that they're complying with the, with the directions, the instructions that the president's put down. But the president's made it very, very clear that he's on the side of, of churches, of faiths, opening up their homes, their houses of worship, and enabling individuals to go in there. But when you listen to the questions from the mainstream media reporters, these hack jobs, these total whack nuts, they seem pretty hell-bent on wanting churches to stay shut down. Here's Kaylee McEnany making it very clear on how the president's, uh, on what his response is. This is just a clip, but it's interesting. And I love the fact that she calls out these reporters for exactly what they're doing. He wants to see all of those churches open in a safe but fashion. If the governor does not allow that, does the White House support churches defying these executive orders? The president's been very clear. He wants to see churches reopen in accordance with his guidelines. So the answer is yes. I just I gave you an answer. I the president would like churches to reopen and do it in accordance with the guidelines. What specific provision of federal law allows the president to override a governor? The president decision? will strongly encourage every governor to allow their churches to reopen. And boy, it's interesting to be in a room that desperately wants to seem to see these churches and houses of worship stay closed. Boom. <laughs> Kaylee makes it really clear. And hopefully it's clear to all of you. Isn't it, doesn't it seem like there's an absolute all-out attack on these churches for the mayor of Chicago to send armed officers to 
a house of worship to a Baptist church during the service and demand they all disperse and leave. It's tyranny. We're seeing it unfold before our very eyes, and we have to be awake enough to understand and openly acknowledge the fact that it's Democrat governors and mayors, and there's some rhinos in there too, but it's mostly the blue states. It's mostly those that support the Democrat agenda that are initiating these truly draconian measures. And where would this, where will this lead? Where will it end? You know, I talked to my good friend Mike Lindell today. I'm going to get into George Floyd, the uh, American that had his life taken from him at the hands of police. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But it happened in Minneapolis. Uh, I talked to Mike Lindell, and I said, you know what, I, I, I asked him about the video, I asked him about what happened, and he said, you know, there's been issues in that uh, police department. He's from Minneapolis, he grew up there, uh, but just in thinking about Mike, I cannot wait for the announcement that I really hope and believe is going to come within the next, probably this next week, we'll be able to have and hear an announcement that should truly change the, the minds of every single American that is, that is uh, operating under a place of fear from this pandemic. And it, also, it should also show us which governors are going to get on board and say, okay, you've got a solution. Let's do it. Let's move forward so we can get our economy open. I unfortunately think that a lot of them are not going to, they're not going to go with it. They're going to say, nope. And I'll leave the rest of those comments for, for when that time comes. But speaking of Mike Lindell, I've got to just say, I'm so thankful for him and his support. His book is absolutely amazing. His support for me and my show is my first and only sponsor other than my own company. For those of you that got my products, I'm drinking some of my uncorked juice right now. I don't go anywhere. I don't travel anywhere without it. I'll, I'll do a little video tomorrow. At the end of the show, I'll cover the products because so many of you responded with me getting blasted on Facebook. I said, hey, here's another way for you to support me. Check out my products at uncorkedliving.com. So thank, for, th thank you for all that did that. And then a huge thank you to Mike Lindell for giving that code David. If you go to mypillow.com, use the code David, you'll save up to 60%. On anything you order there, Mike's my only sponsor for the show, only outside sponsor for the show. He loves and supports what I do, and I, I'm here to try to bring the truth and the news to you that you don't get from the mainstream media. Uh, like this. I think this is really good news. I think this is exceptional news. And this is just, again, one thing that this current administration is doing that I believe has been taking place in our country for a while, but no other, uh, the last administration didn't do anything about it. Mike Pence on social media Censorship of conservatives, we are just not going to tolerate it. It's exactly what I've been dealing with for years, especially on Facebook. But right now, they're being nice to me. Thank you. Mike Pence, speaking to Breitbart News, said that neither he nor President Trump is going to stand by as social media censors conservative voices during the coming election season. Because, you know, that's exactly what they're going to want to do. The president is considering forming a commission to investigate claims of censorship by social media, such as Facebook, Twitter, Google, and Instagram. Wall Street Journal reported over the weekend that Trump is mulling, uh, is mulling, creating a, a mulling, creating a panel to review big tech bias against conservatives. The Wall Street Journal's Axel, uh, you can read the rest of it there. I just think it's great news. I think it's it's past time. I've got a friend of mine that runs a page, three, four million followers on his page. Uh, president Trump, Donald Trump is our president, and he's been silenced. Hardly anybody sees his posts, hardly anybody sees his videos, and he's just trying to be a proponent for the truth for this president. I've been dealing with it for two years. The last year was horrific, and they're just now finally being nice to me. So am I going to now just all of a sudden be nice to them because they're being nice to me? I'm going to still expose what they're doing because we're all in this together, and together we will uh, we will achieve what we want to, what we need to achieve. So here's 
Here's an article that I was already referencing. This is what I was talking about. The Chicago mayor. Chicago's uh, uh, mayor sends armed stormtroopers to break up black church services. Why would she do this? Armed troopers. Chicago's She Is Gay Mayor Lori, Lori Lightfoot sent in armed police to break up church services at a black church in Chicago on Sunday. Much of the gay community resents Christian churches because they don't believe in the gay lifestyle or marriages. Just because I don't agree with it or believe in it doesn't mean I hate you. I love all people, and I hope all people come into a relationship with God, and then you can deal out and work out your own stuff with your Papa God the same way I work out my stuff with my God. It's, that's, that's just how it works. You don't have to get yourself cleaned up before you take a bath. You don't have to try to get everything figured out. And it's not for all of us to try to figure it all out for somebody else. What I, what my goal is, is to lead somebody to a, a relationship, an encounter with God. From that encounter, then I believe God can begin to work on individuals' hearts. Well, Lightfoot has a, a disdain for churches. And apparently Lightfoot sent five carloads of armed police officers to the church, which is located next to the Hyde Park neighborhood where Obama once lived. Why in the world would you send five carloads? And why are they all armed? Do you think these churchgoers are armed in Chicago and are going to resist? Were you hoping that was going to happen, Mayor Lightfoot? I really truly believe that you have an absolute disdain for church, for Christians. And again, I've got that video. I've got a video that uh, I want to show you where she actually, Mayor Lightfoot's actually talking about a new world order and the individuals that she likes to do business with uh, in the city are individuals that have uh, have acknowledged and are a part of that new world order agenda. Yeah, we're still hearing about that because it hasn't gone away. Well, what else do we got? I, I want to show you this video. This to me is just absolutely ridiculous. We just, we just uh, honored Memorial Day, honored the fallen, the heroes, the individuals that gave everything so that we could have the individual freedoms that we currently have in this country that are now being threatened by these Democrat tyrants like Mayor Lightfoot. And some individuals just took it upon themselves to instead of honoring the fallen, instead of honoring the families of those that gave all so that we could have the freedoms that we have, they decided to try to try to make a statement. Tell me what kind of statement that you, you think this makes. I'm not even going to set the video up. I'll, I'll let the video speak for itself. But tell me what kind of message you think that this makes, if any whatsoever. I, I think it's insanity, but that is the current state of a lot of Americans in our country right now. should be laying body bags at the doorstep of anybody's office or building. It should be Governor Cuomo. It should be every Democrat governor that opened up for nursing homes, our most vulnerable for the pandemic, for the virus, to be opened up with individuals infected with the virus. It's even come out that that young black kid that was beating up those elderly people in an old folks home was sent there because he had the virus. What is going on in the world where these Americans want to blame the president for everything 
when he did everything possibly potentially right when it came to, the, to treating this virus and slowing its growth in the United States. But they don't want to give you credit for that, Mr. President. They don't want to talk about that. All they want to do is show and try to tell a story of how awful you are. It's all a bunch of lies. And again, just like Brand Strzok we heard yesterday, it's Americans listening to the Kool-Aid, the absolute nonstop propaganda, the, the media arm of the Democrat Party that are blasting this president. It doesn't make any sense to me why these individuals would do this with these body bags, but they should take them over and drop them off on, on Governor Cuomo's doorstep. That, that should be the point they're making. Where's the conservatives out there doing it? Maybe those would be great statements for us to make. Maybe we should be doing videos like that and see if people wake up and say, well, why are they putting body bags in front of Governor Cuomo's office building? Well, actually, it's because he opened up infected patients with COVID to go to nursing homes. Why do you think there's so many deaths in nursing, in nursing homes in all these Democrat states? It's, it's truly disgusting. It truly is. But why in the world Americans would do that, I just can't even tell you. Makes no sense whatsoever. Meanwhile... In these same Democrat-controlled states, they think it's a really good idea to let illegals out of prison for pretty much anything. I mean, if you're if you're in a sanctuary state, they don't even really go to prison, but uh, they're letting convicts out because of COVID. They're letting illegals out because of COVID. Well, this illegal alien is charged with sexually assaulting assaulting three underage girls. Hardly anything makes my blood boil more than assault, especially against a woman, especially on a child. A 20-year-old illegal alien from Mexico will now proceed to trial for the rapes of three Shawanaw County, Wisconsin girls. Where's this at on the mainstream media? They don't want you to hear about it. He's not guilty, of course, to not having sex with underage girls, 12, 14, and 15 years old. Stick me in a room with that guy for about 20 minutes would be great. Five minutes would be plenty. Mm. One of the dangers of, with illegal aliens is that they come from countries where having sex with very young girls is not only common, but rarely prosecuted as well. It seems like every week we see similar actions by illegal aliens. Raping underage girls, whether forced or statutory, is not who we are as a country. Take that, Pelosi. His pretrial hearing is set for sometime in July. ICE has filed a detainer for that jack nut. But again, if you listen to Pelosi, oh, it's the best and brightest coming over, and there's no rapists, there's no murderers, there's nothing to worry about until it's your daughter, your granddaughter, that's succumbed to something truly devastating at the hands of somebody that shouldn't even be here in the first place. We need our stinking wall. We absolutely need our wall. Well, we've got uh, Joe Biden. Joe Biden seems to have a solution. His solution? More taxes. How much more? Four trillion dollars in more taxes. Hey, way to go, Joe. That's what I want to vote for. Oh, yeah, I need to vote for more taxes. Are you kidding me? Our country is reeling right now because of the reaction to this pandemic. It's being carried out by Democrats. And old Joe wants to add $4 trillion more in taxes for all of us hardworking Americans, some of which aren't even working right now. Truly dis disgusting. Joe Biden offers plan to raise taxes by $4 trillion, the most expensive 
tax increase in U.S. history. And this guy wants to be the president. Hey, Joe, I'm black. I ain't voting for you. I ain't voting for any Democrat. Not now, not ever, not, I haven't ever, I'm never going to. And I'll tell you why, if anybody wants to know, but one thing is for sure, I'm still a part of the black community. Joe Biden apparently believes this country needs to commit suicide, and so he's offering a tax increase of $4 trillion. Considering the huge losses many companies have suffered from the virus, this is just plain crazy, but pretty much anything comes out of Joe's mouth these days is just plain crazy. It could cause companies to fold their tent and go home indefinitely. Biden's plan is even more expensive than the one offered by Hillary Clinton in 2016. How much was her plan? Her plan would have raised taxes by $1.5 trillion. Well, hold my beer, says Joe Biden. Let's, let's see if we can uh, double that and then some. Yeah, $4 trillion. Biden is trying to curry favor with the far left that is demanding massive new spending. Biden would raise capital gains taxes by 20 percentage points, which would mean decreased investment since loans made usually see a loss of one-third of their investments. With the larger costs, many venture capitalists will increase their investments overseas and drastically reduce U.S. investment at a time we cannot afford it. Absolutely cannot afford it. He also plans to raise corporate taxes by seven percentage points. The Trump tax cuts that brought the U.S. corporate taxes in line with other countries led to a huge hiring boom, raises in pay and benefits for its employees. Biden's plan will reverse all of that for good. Is that a good plan, America? Seems like it's an absolute all-out assault on everything that this president, our current president, did to get and create the most booming economy that we've ever had. And here we hear Biden wanting to go back to basically Obamacare and Obama's plan that bankrupted our country and just didn't work for any Americans. All right, final video and my thoughts. I'm gonna show this, this is just a clip. I watched a 10 minute clip, this is just a clip of it. George Floyd, a man that was uh, had the police called on him because he was forging a check. I don't know what it was for, I don't know if it was for food or anything else, I know there's a lot of Americans in a really bad spot right now. I also know there's a lot of Americans that are trying to just take advantage of the situation. I don't know what the case is, but I do know that when the police showed up to arrest him, You'll see, they've got him on his belly, they've got handcuffs on him, and this officer sat with his knee on his neck for close to, or if not over, 10 minutes. Here's one little clip, just so you know what I'm talking about, and then I'll share my thoughts on all of it. Right there, ah, there's water from Lee, Lee, ah. That went on like that for, again, close to 10 minutes. That officer had his hand in his pocket. His demeanor was, I'm more powerful than you. I'm better than you. You're going to do what I say. The man literally was begging for his life. He said, I can't breathe multiple times. For 10 minutes, that officer had his knee on George's neck. Ongoers that were recording this were telling the officer he can't breathe. 
He can't breathe. He's not resisting. Why are you still on him? The officer standing in front, keeping the people back. He's fine. He's fine. The officer with his knee in his neck didn't move. At one point, he even told him to get up. He was on his neck. He's telling George to get up and get in the car while he's sitting on his neck. Unfortunately, even though George was crying out, they're going to kill me, that's exactly what they did. Those cries from George were literally his last cries, his last words. As an officer of the law, had his knee on his neck, way long after he had been resisting. Again, I watched the full video. I watched about 10 to 12 minutes. Absolutely disgusting. And in the middle of a, an, a current climate like we're in right now, where there's already so much race baiting, what in the world could be going on through any officer's mind to not let that man up, to potentially endanger his life, which is exactly what they did, and I got to tell you, I love this law enforcement. I love officers. I'm thankful for them. They have a hell of a job and they get a bad rap because of scumbags like that. That man and none of those individuals, which there were four of them that have now been fired. Thank God for that. The FBI is now investigating. Now, I don't know if this was racially motivated. One of them was Asian, one's white, one's black. But that's the narrative that the mainstream media will tell you is, oh, now we got white, another white cop. With two other white cops, an Asian cop killed a black man. That's the narrative they want you to believe. Well, that's not the narrative I'm just going to buy into because that's what you say. But I'll tell you one thing. They were definitely abusing their power. I think a lot of police out there are high on the badge. They feel like they're above the law. And they feel like when they can get one over on somebody, they're going to do it. There's some out there. Again, I love the police. But these, all four of these individuals, these Former officers, now that they've been fired, they need to go to jail for murder. Period. The law needs to set an example that that is not going to be tolerated. And if it comes out that that white cop had something racially motivated, there's other instances where he's done stuff like that, then that's a different matter entirely. But as it stands, that is murder. He was executed. The man was crying for his life, begging for his life. The cop didn't move. He kept his knee on his neck for 10 minutes like that until George stopped moving completely. And then for another five minutes after he had stopped moving or talking completely, ambulance shows up. They roll over his lifeless, limp body onto a stretcher and take him away. And then one of the most disgusting things I saw is that cop that had his knee on George's neck walked up to the other cop that was standing there keeping people back, shake, shook his hand like, good job. It's truly just a disgusting thing that took place. But again, I'm not going to buy into the fact, I'm not going to buy into the narrative that the mainstream media is going to say that it was racially charged. I think they're just power hungry police out there, just like there are in any other industry. Yet when you're wearing a badge, I think unfortunately, obviously, there are individuals out there that are high on their own power. We need to make sure that they are, they are held responsible, they're held accountable. And if there's other police out there and they're seeing something like this, they better step in. I'm going to I'm gonna try to do a one-on-one -on -one interview with my good friend, Officer Tatum. 
He and I have been uh, strong supporters, obviously, of the police. Again, he's former law enforcement SWAT for a year and a half. He says that a lot of it can go back to training, how these cops are trained. I don't think that there's any any cop that's being trained to keep your knee on the neck of a of a of somebody you've already arrested and is in handcuffs for ten minutes. There's just nothing. There's there's no there's nothing. I was so distraught. Again, I posted it on on Instagram. I'll probably post it here on Facebook as well. It's my last post over there on Instagram. It was raw because I was very raw. I couldn't. I couldn't believe what I had just witnessed. So our heart, our thoughts, and our prayers go out to George's family. And we pray that justice is done. That those responsible are held accountable. But we also pray that this does not create and cause more racial division between those of us out here in America that love each other regardless of the color of our skin, regardless of your background. We got to understand the mainstream media will parade this in front of all of us to try to create more division. I wish they would show and talk about the amount of deaths that take place in places like Chicago with strict gun laws, where the, I believe it was over 50 individuals, 48, 50 shot this last weekend, 12, 14 dead, one of the deadliest weekends in Chicago in recent years, most of it black on black crime. We've got a long way to go in this country. We don't need police adding to it, but we really need the black community to hold ourselves accountable and call out the hatred and the vision that's there. And we got to try to stand united in this country for the rule of law, for justice, for freedoms. And we've got to stand by and support our president because that's what he's standing for. I truly believe that. Here's one clip from a good friend of mine, Dr. Daryl Scott that was invited to speak with the president that works on racial reconciliation, that is a huge proponent of all that the president has done to bring uh, justice to the criminal justice system and is doing so much more. I'm going to end with this instead of ending on that other note. Here's my good friend, Dr. Daryl Scott, recently visiting President Donald Trump. Our country has been placed on pause. The pause has not stopped. We've been on pause, but we're about to press go and get back going again. I said it before unashamedly, and I say it again. This president has been. I've lived under 12 presidential administrations. I was born during Eisenhower's administration. This president has been the most pro-black president in my lifetime. But when I say pro, I'm saying it pro in the sense of being proactive. He's been proactive with rather than reactive to issues concerning minority, underserved, and disadvantaged communities than any other president in my lifetime. I really believe history is going to be kinder to you, Mr. President, than um, fake news media is today. <laughs> can't be any worse. <laughs> it can't be any worse. Well, I think that history will record exactly how well this president did to truly save America from the impending disaster that would have been Hillary Rodham Clinton and would also be a Democrat if they were to win this 2020 election. It's up to us to make sure we get up, get out and vote. I think it's also up to us to say this shutdown is over. I hope and pray that America, that businesses all across America, churches all across America, open up your doors. I've seen businesses put signs on their doors that say no masks required. If you want to do social distancing, then you do social distancing. I think that we, the people, it's up to us to stand up and say, we're not going to listen to these tyrannical orders anymore. We are going to continue with our lives. We're going to open our business. We're going to open our doors. We're going to conduct business. We're going to live 
the way that we want to, the way that we choose to, the way we're, we're granted to under the Constitution of the United States, we're going to do that. And if we do it together, can they really stop us? I don't think so. God bless you all. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'll see you guys tomorrow on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your evening. And uh, thank you again for all your uncorked support and for your support at MikeLindell.com, uh, MyPillow.com. Use the code David. But thank you guys so much for your support. God bless you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.